with money suck. Their vision is clouded by cash, narcissism, and perceived power. Old men with money effed up pit athletics. The boosters. They didn't understand the ceiling for pit athletics. They ran off Wanstead and Dixon, and now pit athletics suck. Old men with money want Art Rooney to fire Mike Tomlin. The limited partners. They don't like Tomlin's clock management. Art Rooney is going to tell them to wipe their backsides with their money. Because Art got more money, and Art got more stock, and Art got all the control. Old men with money suck. And guess what? You just made the list. I back Art when it comes to not firing Mike Tomlin. If he makes his kid the wide receivers coach, that I'm not so sure about. Hey, Kabali's on Twitter saying it'd be a great hire. It might be a great hire. It wouldn't look like a great hire. Joining me now in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, uh, Todd Haley getting dumped was no surprise, but what are the pros and cons of that move? Well, the pros, I think, is that the Steelers give themselves a better chance to develop an offense that actually has some rhythm, you know, as opposed to just the playground concept and bailing everybody out on third down. Uh, you needed to see that, I think, really over the last couple of years. That would have been ideal. Uh, people will look at the points, especially on Sunday. Oh, they scored 42 points and everything's just okay. No, you have to go into a game like that and just annihilate that opponent. By that, I'm not even necessarily talking about more points. I'm talking about more ball control, dispiriting them a little bit. First three possessions, Steelers did absolutely nothing uh, other than turn the ball over. It, it, it's not healthy for an offense to operate like that. They've been like that for way too long. Uh, you know, the the negative, you know, presuming, you know, it looks like Randy Feetner is going to be the guy who takes over. Uh, the negative would be that they they do have to learn a new system. If oh, not, no, not, I don't not new be a, jargon, no, no, not no. new lingo, but I do think you're going to see a different mindset that's applied. I would disagree. I, I Well, you might see different mindsets. That's what I'm talking about. They're you, not changing the lo- lingo you, and you stuff. You won't no. see a new system. You won't see a new logo, a, a new new lingo, pardon me. It'll be the same. Just I, with think a different you, I, I don't know. I think you're going to see, in particular, the wide receivers challenged to run smarter, more ambitious routes that read off of defenses. I, I think that's been one of the great shortcomings of the Steelers. It's just basically here's the X and here's the O. I think you're going to see them do what Ben wants. Well, what's it, wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But but that you know this this change it's was still made. a change. It, but the change was made because Ben doesn't get along with Haley. No, no. Oh, sure it was. The change was made because Ben doesn't get along with Haley because Haley wasn't a particularly good offensive coordinator. Well, I don't know how there's you can difference. say that with there's the points difference. and the yards. Well, you're making I, it sound like it's personal. I I think it is. Nah. I agree that. Uh, my complaint about the offense was they could score a lot of points, get a lot of yards, but they can't get the one yard you need. No, and that or was make be- the one play was, you need. That was because that was the one time that Haley would become defensive, if you will, 
over his lack of imagination and say, hey, I'm going to show everybody. Watch this. Oh, no, that's definitely true. Fourth and one. Or watch this silliness I'm going to try down at the goal line. And, and hey, Rosie, come off the field. Come over no, here. No, no, no question. Haley line. was a big fan of they know that we know that they know that we know. Yeah. Surprise. Now, uh, it looks like all the defensive coaches will return. Yeah, I don't like that at all. So they're ditching the coordinator that scored 42 points and keeping the coordinator now, that don't, allowed don't, don't 45 do that. points. Well, how don't just you... narrow it down to one game. How could... because that's well, you the, know what? The, the that's people the who are that... calling in today are going to do that. That's you, the game that ended that. their season. I, I understand that, but there, there's way more cause than that to be concerned with how the defense was playing. You know, the fact is... Yeah, like is, those 45 points. Yeah, the fact is, though, that... If Blake, they got 41, they win. Blake Bortles did the same thing to the Steelers that Deshaun Kaiser did. And, and you just can't have... A defense that just constantly popping big plays like that, allowing big plays, no, no question, but all but, but season long. How much long, did that have to do with Shazier being games. hurt? I think the running attack uh, of of the Jaguars, and they were very smart to 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 go at the middle the way they did. Uh, the fact that the Steelers three defensive linemen in particular, we cannot let players off the hook on this. Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and Javon Hargrave did not perform anywhere near their capabilities. No, no question. So and, and Butler he, tries to compensate for it by bringing his safeties up, and his safeties are way up at the line of scrimmage, and then you see Bortles try two heaves. The second one of them worked because Artie's back there in man coverage by himself, uh, and he didn't play that ball particularly well either. The whole thing was a mess. Yes, not having Shazier there, not having Shazier, by the way, to chase the edges when the Steelers were getting beat or sealed on the edges. Let's not leave T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree out of this either. Oh no, I thought the front seven were brutal, just awful. And I'm Come not to telling think of it, you, the secondary was no good either. I'm not telling you. Hence anything, the 45 points. Uh, Joe, Joe Hayden was pretty good. Actually, not, he was. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, the, you look. He at, was man of the match. <laughs> on that side of the ball, he was for sure. Uh, Watching Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt just get eaten alive on blocks, that's where Shazier, not just the middle that he could have helped you, but he was that guy who could keep that yard, that, that carry to be a 3- or 4-yarder instead of a 15- or 16-yarder. We're talking today John Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. But I don't like keeping the, I, I don't like keeping the coordinator and the coaches. I, I, not all of them. I, I just That's just happened way too much, Mark, and you can't just put it all on the Shazier injury. Uh, did the Steelers' culture catch up with them in the end, all that chaos? No. How do you figure? I just don't. I saw a Jacksonville team come out there and just slam the ball down. The head coach gut. was looking past Jacksonville to New England. The head coach made a, some of the players made, a, made a really ill-advised remark to And a, I agree. I to, don't think... To Tony Dungy, who he felt like... And Tony Dungy, if you remember the actual question, was basically challenging him, give me something good. Okay, so Tomlin's right. thinking, well, this guy gave me my first job in the NFL. I'm going to give him a really good answer here. So he gave him what he thought As opposed to the guys who cover him every which, week who which he was, gives bupkis to. Uh, well, that's neither here nor there. The, the, the idea is that he should have been thinking more clearly, just like Le'Veon Bell should have been thinking more clearly when answering a question about his contract last week. Uh, there's a lot of that stuff that goes on. I don't think it impacted them on Sunday. That's my that's my answer I, I, here. I, I don't know. I think it added up. I think the constant chaos all year, and I think Mike Mitchell 
giving the Jacksonville locker room crap. Well, was, that that much I'll agree. That was that's that's insufferable if, and unacceptable. Well, that part I'll agree with you on. If we're talking about it from the Jaguars' perspective, did that add something to them? Yeah, it's easy to say. Well, yeah, you should never be more or less motivated for a playoff game. It's the biggest game you're playing in, or whatever else. But when the Jaguars themselves are out there jumping around, and you know David DeCastro is telling me how they're all yelling stuff at the Steelers through the whole game. Well, they found something. They found it from Mitchell. Now, maybe they would have found it from something else, but they did find it from Mitchell. From the Steelers' perspective, they just they just got beat. But I, I they think, just got beat. Mark. I think there's so much lousy conduct that that team not only tolerated but enabled. I don't. I, I think that there. You I think, don't think no. this season was fraught with chaos no, from beginning I, to I end. Think, I think that what happened where there were a handful of cases, each one of which became a really, really, really big deal because of our current environment where everything is a really big deal on social media. I just, I guarantee you, Mark, that if you went back to 1970, whatever, it's, it's not 1970. Whatever. I understand that, but you, and they had social media, you would have found five billion more things than what this team was putting out there. There was nothing, there was, but, but l- social media week, like, makes sure it permeates the culture. Permeates what culture? The social media culture, not the uh, okay, locker room. Okay, so I'm going to pick out a, an Do example. Do you think the Steelers were talking about Le'Veon's contract in the locker room last week? Do you think that? Do you think a guy who's focused on winning the next game complains he about should, his contract? It was a stupid answer on his part. He shouldn't have answered He's the question. He's a stupid guy. But they have a lot of stupid guys. If you think that, that's fine. But the, the idea that it impacts the other 52 guys in the room or even his own performance on the field, I don't buy it. I just don't. I don't know. I, I think all that stuff added up because there was so much of it. All year. Now we got to talk about the Pirates. Uh, has have any people ever spread horsemen or any thicker than the Pirates over these last couple of days? Couple days, couple days. They have topped themselves these last they, couple. They days. have really topped themselves. But don't be giving them that benefit of the doubt. This has been going on for ten years. People are just finally well, starting let's, let's to talk get about wise the last to couple it. days. But the, in the last couple of days, there have been things spoken over there that you know what, Mark. Either of us could write a column. Without using a single adjective, you know, without saying this is blank, you just print what they say, and it it, it writes itself. It's unbelievable. Well, like especially what Huntington said, they're still contending and not rebuilding. Well, no, 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 no. You had to pick through what he actually said very carefully, which was that this doesn't change our chances of winning the World I Series. I thought Nutting said that. They both did. They're okay. always on the same page now. Well, this doesn't change our chances of winning the and World it doesn't. Series. He's right. Well, it doesn't. And he thinks everybody's stupid enough to take it the other way. Well, they, they say they're not rebuilding, and you know, I don't think they are. I don't think there's any plan beyond maximizing profit. They can't rebuild. You know why they can't rebuild, right? Because they don't draft and develop well. Right. Because you bring that up every time you're on. Right. And, and you're right. And, it- and I'm right. And here's what ends up happening is that you trade Cole and Kutch for six players, none of whom are in Baseball America's top 100 prospects. Right. You know why you do that? You know why they're throwing numbers? To maximize profits. Well, that's part of it. But on the baseball end, the reason that you get the reason that you get Huntington so invested in it is that they put bodies back into the system. You know why they don't have bodies in the system? Because they can't draft and develop. That's what I hear. Now, the dirty little secret that's how, not really a secret. How will this affect the morale of the guys that are coming back? It's bad. I'm thinking specifically of Martin Polanco because they're stuck here. And let's face it. 
Those two aren't the most uh, motivated of athletes yeah, in the but first Marte, place. Marte's been humbled, and Polanco's not the type that's going to complain or pout about it much. I'm not talking about complaining or pouting. I'm talking about not playing well because you know there's no light at the end of the yeah, tunnel. Yeah, they, they, they have enough motivation within themselves. The guys who are the, 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 the team leader types, the veteran guys, I'm not guessing at this. They're furious. They don't actually don't even know what to do. And I'm not just talking about the obvious one since Josh Harrison put out a statement. Uh, these guys are they're, they're disillusioned. They don't understand. They thought that they had a team. Well, At honestly, least a lineup. Honestly, if they're disillusioned, they they're not paying attention. Well, Mark, I mean, I don't blame them Mark, for being you know upset. That but world, that this world, could not have surprised. No, them. but they've had that that you know. I'm referring to the movie Major League here, but they've had that mindset for a long time in that clubhouse that they they can only take care of what they can take care of in there. That's something that Clint Hurdles smartly created. Where they can, they can't worry about this and that, and then. When Juan Nicasio gets given away, it that then it permeates. Then those guys are like, "Whoa, hang on a second, what's going on here?" And now this: How much will attendance drop? And how much did the attendance dropping in 2016 and 17 and that drop in revenue That's all this is. affect what's going on right now? That's all this is. He he can't see Mark Bob Nutting past his nose when it comes to finances. I want you to think about this for a second. They are in a year where they're negotiating a new TV contract, which is the single most lucrative thing they can produce, okay, in any setting. They're also in a year, actually a year and a half away, from having to have a new stadium rights deal, whether that's with PNC or some other company. And they can't see past, oh, no, there's going to be X percent attendance. We have to cut X percent payroll. They can't think any bigger than that. They think small. It's petty. It's pathetic is what Tom. it is. Petty. And won't this all just keep repeating? Uh, you know, won't yes. Marte and Polanco be out the door in a similar circumstance when their uh, contracts come to their how end? How about Felipe Rivero? They love trading closers. They think closers are basically worthless and fungible. I don't, I don't know why they're signing Rivero to a new deal. I do. Why? Years of control it makes it more valuable in a trade. I'm yeah. not saying that to be a cynic. They've done this repeatedly with closers for but 10 years But they're not going to get any more control than they would have had uh, had they not signed them. They have control through arbitration. And uh, then after that, club options, too, which you know they won't exercise because it's too much money. Yeah, but teams still like when they don't have to go through an arbitration. The player is seen as more valuable. There's cost certainty, as they say. So, uh, you know, of course it's going to. Mark, he said so. Bob Nutting said so. He said, when, when will this sort of thing change? He said, well, when baseball's economic system changes, and that's not going to happen. That was his actual answer. I, I heard it. I mean, it's just... How much will... You asked how much will attendance drop. What do you think? I don't know. Well, it dropped 600,000 since 2015. Yeah. I'm thinking that a lot... Like, you can only disillusion so many people. There, right. there, there are some true believers that will go no matter what. Yes. No, there are. There, oh, I know. So, I, I, I'm getting all kinds of... St- Crap from people now about the stuff that I've written, saying, "Do you understand? You're you're chasing the franchise out of town." He's I don't gonna, care. Well, they can't go. Well, that's right. I don't care if they leave or no, not. No, but they can't. If this they, is if this is what they're going to give us for in perpetuity, I don't care if they stay, go, die. You know, levitate. The it doesn't only, matter. To the me. only thing that can be affected in any way, shape, or form, if it's even possible, is to is to try to find a way to protest whatever it is to yeah, change the ownership. It's just either. not going to happen. Oh, you, well, you can't force them to sell. I'll say. I'll say this: if you get the attendance, it's somewhere in the one million range. You're going to be sending a real, real message. Well, I think attendance will drop by about three hundred k this year. Well, that'll you'll be getting in the range then. You'd be no, you'd be getting into one point five. Yeah, I, they. Would, if you're going to see real action on the part of this city, and I honestly don't think you will, 
I, you don't think it'll drop that much? I, I don't think it'll drop to the point where you would say, wow, you, you fans are really on purpose staying You, you know where the whole deal could really get double-crossed? Buster Olney was on earlier, and he said, give us some of the Pirates' young pitching. It wouldn't shock him if they actually won more games this year than last. And that's exactly the illusion they need to throw out there, that, that these moves were for the betterment of the team. What's their young pitching? What young pitching? Trevor uh, Williams pitched really well. Who else? Tyon. Tyon's a good pitcher. Tyon can be a good pitcher. That's fair. Glasnow might snap to his... I, I just, <laughs> well, no, you can't totally discount it. I just did. <laughs> well, that's your call. That's Dejan Kovacevic. It's not time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Come, son of Jorel. Kneel before Zod. Oh, hi. Um... Always great to hear from the lady callers. DX at 105.9. Time now to Ask Mark Anything. Brought to you by Chipino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and choppa, so be sure to check out Chipino in the strip. The news just keeps breaking. Jerry Duak of the Post-Gazette reports that Randy Fickner has indeed been appointed the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, replacing Todd Haley, who was allowed to walk earlier today, his contract being up. The Steelers have also released a statement from Mike Munchak saying that he will stay in Pittsburgh as offensive line coach, what with his Fickner appointment. Although, you know what I bet happens? I bet Munchak gets named associate head coach and gets a pay bump on top of it. That would seem to me to be the logical and the right thing to do. Let's go to Al in Polk. Al, you're on with Double M. Hey, I was just wondering if you think that the U.S. will ever switch completely to the metric system. If they haven't yet, I I don't think so. Do you think it's uh, critical that we do so at this point? No, but if we did, I was just wondering. I never thought about it in centimeters. Let's go to uh, Chris on the parkway. Chris. Ask Mark anything. Mr. Madden, good day. I said hello. Hey, uh, listening to you and Dejan go back and forth, thoughts made me think of something. Are you guys going to do the great Pittsburgh sports debate this year? Yeah, it's early next month. I forget the exact date. It's the first or second, I think. All right, cool. Good to hear. I don't even know where it is. I assume it's down at uh, Diesel again. Yeah, good time, man. I can't wait to see you all. Okay, thank you. Or maybe it's not a Diesel. We don't know where it is yet. Anybody want to have it? We'll come to your house. Let us know what day and time. Let's go to Chris in the car. Chris, ask Mark anything. Hey, uh, super genius. Do you think that the Pirates letting Kutchko had anything to do with the timing of the Steelers' loss? I think it had something to do with the Steelers playing over the weekend, I think this was obviously in the works, but I think they traded Cole and Kutch within the proximity of a Steelers game because no matter win or lose, the Steelers game was going to be the bigger story. Although, I'm shocked how many people uh, took to Kutch's departure as being the bigger story. We've talked a lot about yeah, Kutch's departure in the last couple of days. Uh, this just being after a Steeler off. loss. It might have backfired on him, too. But it just seemed like with them losing, it seemed like a good opportunity to let him go. And hopefully 
uh, Pittsburgh media would cover the Steelers' loss more than the touch tipping. Like when you uh, trade an iconic player that the fans loved, I think that's always going to get a lot of attention, no matter uh, what timing uh, you try to execute. For example, nobody talked about the Cole trade. Nobody. Because he's a jackass, he wasn't that good, and people cared, but not that much. Let's go to Bob in Moon Township. Bob, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Uh, were you ever one of the Moon Dogs, and who were some of your favorite tag teams? From I was not one the of the day? Moon Dogs. I wrestled as part of the Thrill Seekers in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, first with Chris Jericho and later with Lance Storm, and after that as a three man tag team. Uh, my favorite tag team ever was and remains the Thrill Seekers, featuring me. Let's go to Joe in Mount Pleasant. Joe, ask Mark anything. Hey, Double M, what's up? What up? Hey, I just wondered if you were going to the, get the let out this weekend at Palace Theater. I know I've seen you there before, and I always look forward to it. Okay, uh, leave me alone if you see me, but yes, I am going. I went to Jason Bottom in Cleveland last month. Get the let out two shows this month, both shows. And I'm going to Robert Plant, New York next month. And Zozo's at Stage AE next month. Up next, we got Hockey Talk. It's the Hockey Night Show. Just around the corner here at 105.9. Welcome! Before we talk hockey, the news just keeps breaking. The Jets fired their offensive coordinator. And apparently they're interested in hiring Todd Haley. That would be a pretty quick turnaround for employment. But now it's time for Hockey Talk. It's the Hockey Night Show brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Their law firm charges you 25%. Why pay another law firm 40%? Check out the three wise men if you need legal help. That's Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. I want calls, but I want hockey calls only. Uh... Tonight, right here on the X, it's the Pens at Anaheim. The Penguins will be without Matthew Murray, who went back home to Ontario to be with his family after the death of his father, James. So condolences to Matt Murray, his friends, and his family. Tristan Jari will be in goal tonight. And I'm curious to see if Casey DeSmith gets a start tomorrow at the LA Kings, or if Coach Mike Sullivan just lets Jari keep going and going, and going. Uh, John Sebastian Dea, the forward, has been recalled from Wilkes. I'm not sure what that means in terms of another injury up front, potentially. We will see tonight, and you can hear all the action right here on 105.9 X. You want to talk hockey? Now 412-333-WXDX. That's 412-333-9939. Can the Penguin Stars keep it going? Sid, Gino, and Phil have been running wild, brother. And so is the power play. Can the power play keep it going? Best in the league right now. Their 26.3% conversion percentage is better than any team in Penguins history. The 95-96 team with Mario cashed in almost 26% of the time. So the stars are on fire. The power play is on fire. The PK is doing much better. The Penguins are 24 out of 25 on the PK over the last nine games. And part of that might be using guys like Crosby and Gensel on the PK occasionally. I don't want to take that risk indefinitely, but it appears to have given the PK a jump start. 
a bit of a lift. Tonight's opponent, Anaheim, has lost three out of its last four. Gibson didn't play in the loss Monday to Colorado, so it's going to be Johnny Whitehall in net tonight for the Quackers. And uh, Gibson's having an all-star season, even though he did not make the all-star game. The Ducks got some key guys who aren't getting much done, like Ryan Getzloff, who has four goals in 21 games, although he does have 25 points in those 21 games, but you need more goals from that guy. And Corey Perry only has seven goals in 34 games. Ricard Raquel, not Ricky Ricardo, but Ricard Raquel is their main guy up front. He leads about goals and points, but I think that's more of an indictment of Ryan Getzloff and Corey Perry. Uh, the Ducks are four points out of a playoff spot right now and have lost five more games than they've won. So this is a good opportunity for the Penguins to get a road win. you got to like Jari and goal. He had the game against Boston, uh, what, 10 days ago when he blew up. But he's been very good for about the last month. And the Penguins are playing with a lot of confidence in front of Jari. So, hockey calls and hockey calls only right now. 412-333-WXDX. I got a story up on the Penguins website about the power play. And it's interesting from the standpoint that Sullivan says puck retrieval is a big part of the power play success. And Kessel talks about player movement and not just puck movement on the power play. So check that out at the Penguins official website. Uh, I'll be very honest. When I watch the Penguins power play, I'm like all of you undoubtedly. I'm yelling, shoot, shoot. And I don't think they shoot nearly enough. But that conversion percentage is just overwhelming. So it's tough to criticize anything they do. The power play, as we've talked about frequently on this show, runs through Kessel on the left half wall more than it does anybody else. But again, the players switch positions a lot as the puck moves. You know, it's funny because it's set up like a traditional power play that everybody runs. One guy up top, one guy at each half wall, one guy kind of lingering around the net, and one guy planted right in front of the net. That being Hornquist, in the Penguins case, but everybody just moves everywhere. And uh, again, there's no disputing the results, but they don't shoot enough for me. Then again, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see their shooting percentage on the power play. I bet it's better than Larry Burt's. Anyway, 412-333-9939. Uh, Going to give you a chance to win a thousand bucks later on in this hour, and then at six o'clock we have the general manager Jim Rutherford show, co-hosted by uh, one of the Penguins play-by-play men, Josh Getzoff. So the hockey talk just keeps coming fast and furious right here on the home of the Penguins, one hundred five nine the X. I don't think anybody could possibly have any complaints about the way the Penguins are playing right now, and especially about the way the Stars are playing right now. And as I said earlier in today's show, 
And as I've said so often, uh, while the Penguins were struggling, once the Stars get going, that's the big thing. Once the Stars get going, the little things will take care of themselves. And sure enough, they are. The Stars are going. The power play's going, although the power play's always been going. That's been a constant in the Penguin season. That's why if you look at the Penguin stats, the Penguins are what? Only two games over 500. Two more wins than losses, but everybody's minus. That's because the power play doesn't figure into plus minus, and the power play is what's keeping the Penguins' uh, heads above water. Uh, The fourth line playing real well. It's easier for the fourth line to play well when the big guns are firing. So nothing that's happening now is surprising. The only thing that's a bit surprising is it takes too long to start happening. Let's go to Diane and Robinson. Diane, you're on with Mark. Oh, my God, Mark, I'm so happy I'm on your line. Um, Several months ago, you were talking about The Lost Gladiators. It's the documentary about Chris Knuckles Nylon. Yeah, my my friend D. Rizzo, uh, uh, Mike uh, Messner, a lot of guys I know were heavily involved with that. Barry Reese, what's up? Unbelievable documentary. I just watched it last week, and I thought it was great. It really is. I'm not even like this huge hockey fan, but it's just a great story. It's very much a human interest story, isn't it? Absolutely. It was just so great, and I'm a big fan of yours. I don't always, you know, see your point of view, but I love listening to your show. You're great. Well, thank you very much for the call, Diane. And that that, uh, documentary, The Last Gladiator, about uh, hockey's uh, fighters, and it pretty much focuses on former Montreal Canadian and Boston Bruin Chris Nyland. Uh, I emceed the local premiere of that out at the uh, Manor Theater in Squirrel Hill. Real pleasure to do that and to interact with with uh, with Chris Nyland. And uh, again, if you, I'm not a big fan of that that part of hockey, but I was a big fan of Chris Nyland because he'd pop up and score 15, 16 goals every year, as well as fight, as well as play hard, play defense, the whole ball of wax. But I think uh, when it comes to the story of a quote-unquote, I don't want to say goon, Knuckles wasn't a goon, but you you get my drift. That kind of player, no documentary ever did it better than the last Gladiators. Let's go to Barbara in traffic. Barbara, you're on the Hockey Night Show. Even know I'm like that other lady. How excited I am to talk to you! Oh, nice. That's very nice of you to say. Yes, I think you are awesome. I have a question, and I said I didn't know if this should have been ask Mark anything, but it is hockey related. What are your thoughts on when, like, a, a Matt Murray has to go home for quote personal reasons? Do you, and and you know they expect them to do a press conference about it. I don't think do anybody's think expecting Matthew to do a press conference. Why would you say that? I thought I read something where they said he would address the media. No, 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 no. His Matthew's father passed away, as I'm sure you know. I think that serves as explanation enough. I don't know that uh, that Murray owes us an explanation beyond that okay. in the least. That was my question because I talked to some people who think, well, you know, well, what's wrong with him? Did he go home because he's not playing well? well we don't, no, no, no. So. That was never. A, a, you know what? You know what struck me as kind of odd, Barbara. I'd heard his dad was ill, but he, he was still in Pittsburgh some days practicing. So I wanted, oh. I'll be honest, I wondered if they were hiding an injury. 
But now, unfortunately, we know that, that, that they were not. And, you know, I don't know when Muzz is going to rejoin the team. I would suspect he will miss this entire West Coast road trip. And, and that's fine. He should take as long as he needs to. I just yeah. am curious. And what would you do, Barbara? Jari's going to play tonight, and I'm sure he'll play Saturday at San Jose. Who would you play in goal tomorrow night at the L.A. Kings? Would you go with Jari three games and four nights? That's a pretty demanding workload, but I would guess they don't want to play Casey DeSmith unless it's an emergency. I would have to agree with you. So you would play Jari all three nights? Yes, I would. And then if he, if he starts to screw up, then you pull him. Well, that that I agree with that. I think uh, in tomorrow night's game at uh, the Staples Center, the minute he if he gives up even even two quick goals in the first ten minutes, get him out of there. I agree. I would have a quick look, and I would let him know that, and I would say, "Look, Tristan, we're not doing this, you know, to embarrass you. We're doing this because we're looking out for you." Although, really, most time when a goalie gets pulled, it's like, "Get me out of here." I remember when Patrick Waugh had his final falling out with Montreal management. He was mad because the coach didn't pull him fast enough. He felt like he was getting embarrassed. I want hockey calls. Hockey calls only. And I want them now. Because we got time for a few more before the GM Jim Rutherford show. Hockey calls right now. 412-333-WXDX. Friends. It's the Axis Hockey Night Show with your host, Mark Madden. Brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. The best hockey talk on your home of the Pens and best Pens coverage, 105.9 The X. We got the hockey talk going strong for a few more minutes. After that, the general manager, Jim Rutherford Show. Let's go to Alex on the north side. Alex, you're on with Double M. Okay, we lost Alex. Let's go to... Uh, Drew in the car. Drew, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, uh, Mark. I want to know what you thought about Jari's, uh, I don't know if you could call it his style per se, but it seems like sometimes he gets too far out in front and he has to scramble to get back to the other side of the post. No, I, I know what you're talking about. And, and that happens a lot with young goalies who are over-adrenalized, which is certainly understandable with Jari, you know, being his first significant stretch in the National Hockey League. When they go post-to-post, they uh, overkick. They go past the post a little bit, right? Well, it seems like sometimes he gets a little bit too far out in front, either to the left or oh, the right. Oh, no, I, I think that's to his credit. He's cutting down his angles well. No, you're talking about left and right. You're talking about him over-kicking the post, and, and, and that, that's happening less and less. And as the adrenaline wears off, that adrenaline helps a lot, usually, but not always goalies, young goalies especially. That problem will take care of itself. Let's go to uh, Grant on Route 79. Grant, ask Mark. Uh, you're on the Mark Hockey Madden. Night Show. First time caller. Good talking. Um, does it give you any concern? Would you consider uh, Matt Murray to have uh, regressed at all this year? And no. So, I mean, he's not no. playing He's not playing his best, but uh, regressed indicates he's not the goalie we thought he was. And Matt Murray, you know, won two Stanley Cups in his first two years. Sure. And is that is that um, a... In age, uh, you know, lack of experience. I think it's just uh, that, that that every player, even the very best, have some degree of inconsistency. Many have it less than others, but I think given a goalie of what Matt is now, 23, despite his prior accomplishments, it's perfectly understandable. Plus, I think he's had a rough year physically. He's been beaten up a little bit. This thing with his father probably hasn't helped recently. 
Uh, you need two good ones. They have two good ones in Murray and Jari. I mean, you're not suggesting they should have kept Flurry, I hope. Or you could hang up. Let's go to Chuck in Mars. Chuck, you're on the Hockey Night Show. Hey, Mark. I was just wondering uh, what you think of uh, the youngsters coming up from Wilkes-Barre this year, uh, Sprong, Simone, and now Day, compared to the guys that came up last year, like Gensel and Sherry and Russ. Well, Gensel was last year. Sherry and Russ were two years ago. Yeah, right. I think Sprong has as much talent as any of them. I think Gensel will turn out to be the better all-around hockey player. I think Sprong will turn out to score the most goals out of anyone uh, you mentioned. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Dominique Simone. I think he's done okay since coming up. But really, his production's been kind of minimal despite playing on the Crosby line. I think he's a ham and egg. I don't think he'll have any long-term impact on the team. And uh, John Sebastian Day is just a fill-in, although I don't know who he's filling in for. I don't know why he was called up. I took that to mean that Murray was going to be active and he would take that spot and only carry two goalies on the roster, but that's obviously not the case. Up next, it's the general manager, Jim Rutherford Show, but right now, you can win a $1,000 bribe. Listen for the keyword, listen for what number to call, and you can win a $1,000 bribe courtesy of 105.9 The X. I'm Mark Madden.